the challenge is the lighting industry in order to adopt mm. so-called smart lighting or light field sensing or any of these kinds of things, nobody will ever be able to afford it. The cost <clears throat> down is going to have to come from creating value right, to other exactly. parts of the building. Yes, yes. So, for example, if I have a building that can turn off the heating or ventilation or mm. air conditioning to a part of the building that's not occupied yeah. and save energy, or turn off a plug load somewhere, which is wasting phantom power. So if a lighting system is best positioned to be able to figure out where people are and what they are doing, and to properly measure occupancy, that occupancy measurement is hugely valuable to reducing the carpet footprint of the building, and that's yeah. where the payback comes from. Yeah. People aren't going to pay a lot of money to fix something no. which has a future <clears throat> payback. Yeah. It has to pay back now. Welcome back, everyone, to another exciting episode of the Virtual Lighting Design Community Podcast. Today, we have a special treat for all the lighting enthusiasts out there. We had a privilege of sitting down one-on-one -on -one with none other than Professor Robert Karlasek, a renowned expert in the field. Robert is no stranger to the world of lighting design and innovation. With a distinguished career spanning decades, he is a professor of electrical, computer and systems engineering and director of the Center for Lighting Enabled Systems and Applications and co-director of the Institute for Energy, Built Environment and Smart Systems at Rensselaer Polytechnic Institute in the USA. He was a keynote speaker at the RIS Light in Focus event held in Sydney, Australia back in June 2023. In this exclusive interview, which will be available on our YouTube channel as well, Professor Robert Kolasek delved into key topics like sustainable lighting practices, emerging trends in the field, and his vision for the future. It is an illuminating conversation that every aspiring lighting designer should not miss. Before we dive into this interview, we would like to extend a special thanks to our premium supporters, Aero Light, Creative Lighting Asia, Erco, and the Signify Lighting Academy. Their support makes episodes like these possible and allowing us to explore the most significant developments in the lighting industry. So, without further ado, let's jump into the episode and unlock the wisdom of Professor Robert Karlasek as he talks with VLDC's Martin Klassen. My name is uh, Martin Klaassen and uh, welcome to the Virtual Light Design Community. Um, I have a special guest today, uh, Mr. Robert Karliczek, um, and I'm going to interview him about uh, this uh, event where you have done a keynote. Welcome. Thank you very much. And uh, by way of introduction, my name is uh, Bob Karliczek. I'm a professor of electrical engineering at Rensselaer Polytechnic Institute, and uh, I'm very interested in the field of lighting design and control particularly how it plays into the built environment uh, for purposes of human health and well-being. Thank you. Um, so, you came all the way from the U.S., so had you been in Australia before? About five years ago, yes. All oh, right. okay. Do you feel there's a big difference between what we do in Australia and what we do in the U.S.? Yes and no. Yeah. I think that uh, on the lighting research side, there's not a big difference yeah. Yeah. in terms of lighting product application yeah. and the things that are going on in terms of standardization, uh, perhaps a little bit of a difference. Right. But uh, I think that the whole world is looking to figure out how to do lighting better and more energy efficiently. Yeah. Uh, and 
courtesy of light emitting diodes, mm -hmm. uh, the entire market is still in fluctuation, it and it hasn't. We haven't seen the end of it yet. No, no, no. So the theme of this this event is called "What's Next in Lighting." What's that for you? What do you think is next? What's the future? Well, it's kind of along the lines of the talk that I gave today. Yeah. With LED lighting and the capabilities that we see for color tuning and directional control and all the things that people are concerned about in the built environment, uh, it's clear that lighting systems, as they become smarter, are going to have to be smarter than the people that are supposed to operate them. Mm -hmm. And so they're going to need to be able to not only operate autonomously, but they're also going to have to know and measure properties of the environment. Hmm. What is the lighting level? What's the spectral power distribution? Do I need to adjust my spectral power distribution because of the color of the paint mm. which is used in a room. Mm. Uh, what about daylighting and how do I integrate with the daylighting? Um, and how do I actually deliver to the client the best lighting outcomes autonomously? Because people don't speak the language of light. Right. You think AI will play a big role in that? Absolutely. Yeah. I think it's going to that and sensor net systems. Yeah. So right now our sensor networks aren't really capable mm. of measuring the things we need to know about lighting and people and the built environment. I think as sensors become more intelligent and as they start ne networking yeah. with each other and we have uh, sent what I'll call sensor fusion mm -hmm. uh, going on with embedded machine learning and artificial right. intelligence, uh, these systems will adapt and learn so that people won't have to worry about the light switch or the light right. settings. Sort of intuitive, maybe. The, build, the building will know. Yeah, yeah, the building will know, yeah. Now, I listened to your talk, and I, I believe that you approached this from a research point of view, like you did all those studies and to see how that could work, but there's, of course, the step to be made from research to reality, yes. right? And, and I think that's one of the points which probably uh, is a challenge for many people right now. Um, as a lighting designer myself, I found one of the biggest hurdles to take is the cost aspect, because we may promote this, what we want to achieve, but the cost aspect sometimes is a hurdle that is difficult to overcome for some clients. So that is completely correct. Yeah. The challenge is the lighting industry in order to adopt mm. so-called smart lighting or light field sensing or any of these kinds of things to offer smart lighting services, nobody will ever be able to afford it. Mm. The, yeah, exactly. the, yeah. the cost <clears throat> down is going to have to come from creating value right, to other exactly. parts of the building. Yes, yes. So, for example, if I have a building that can turn off the heating or ventilation or air conditioning to a part of the building that's not occupied yeah. and save energy or turn off a plug load somewhere which is wasting phantom power uh, that doesn't need to be wasting mm. phantom mm. power because it knows where people are mm. and what they're doing. That will pay huge dividends for energy savings and mm. reducing the carbon footprint of buildings. Yes, absolutely. So if a lighting system is best positioned to be able to figure out where people are and what they are doing and to properly measure occupancy, that occupancy measurement is hugely valuable to reducing the carpet footprint of the building and that's yeah. where the payback comes from. Yeah. But our role then is to educate the client because that's what I find doing myself most of the time is to educate the client about this cost-benefit thing because 
we can tell them, okay, this is what you should do, and this is the, the but we need to explain the benefits and that the additional cost that may be involved brings also a lot of additional benefits, just like you explained. So the benefits are going to come initially from energy savings, yeah. heating, ventilation, and air conditioning. Uh, and I think that those will be substantial mm. and able to drive adoption of these kinds of systems. Mm. Other qualitative benefits in lighting and building systems operation, like human health and wellness. And we know that people live in buildings right now. We know that buildings have some of the worst indoor air quality yeah. of just about any place where people can be. Yeah. But <laughs> are people going to be willing to pay for better indoor air quality? Well, maybe if there was a quantifiable metric that says that your probability of becoming mm. sick mm. is going to be higher because you're breathing mm. polluted air. Mm. And if we have the metrics to prove that, mm. then that's going to be something that would be valuable for future building owners to be able to drive the benefit of. But that evidence is hard to convince people. We've been yeah. living in polluted spaces for a long period of time. Yeah. Life expectancy still goes up. Except after COVID in the United States has gone down a little oh, bit. Oh, okay. Yeah. But um, the Let's reality is <laughs> people, people, you know, aren't going to pay a lot of money to fix something no. which has a future <clears throat> payback. Yeah. It has to pay back now. And Certainly payback, with the current economical climate, it makes that, it a bit harder as and well. That economical climate is going to remain with us. Yeah. And, and, and right now the evidence about the improved health and wellness that's available with better lighting, spectral control, and circadian rhythm management. That's not something that people feel. They can't tell in the built environment that they're breathing polluted air. Mm. Um, that payback is going to have to come from making buildings much more energy efficient mm -hmm. and deriving the value of something that's tangible, the yeah. electric bill yeah. Yeah. or the heating or air conditioning bill. Yeah. And so that's really where the benefit's going to come in. Now, you mentioned in your talk that, um, or suggested, that the lighting designer may have a lesser role in the future because all of this. Can you clarify that a bit? Or I think I mean, I'm a lighting designer, so I'm just <laughs> worried about what you're saying. I think the, well, the IES has frequently defined a lighting designer as an accidental profession. Oh, really? <laughs> you know, although people teach lighting design. I mean, in quite honesty, I accidentally became a lighting designer. I, I never sought out to become one. But. So I think that lighting design is extremely important, and lighting yeah. designers in the future will become increasingly more technical mm. in terms of their understanding about light measurement mm. and control systems and the computations required to deliver spectrum, mm. their understanding of spectrum and health and human performance. Yeah. And so I think the lighting design profession is going to become much more complicated. Mm. It's going to become much more automated. Right. But these systems will be built by lighting designers. Yeah. It's just that they're not going to be uh, some people with a good eye running around with a photometer. Mm. Mm. Well, there's also one of the reasons why we created the virtual light design community. I know you don't know much about it. Uh, it's, it's something that we created uh, during the pandemic in a way to keep 
communicating between us in the lighting design or the lighting industry in general. It's not just for lighting designers, it's for everybody that has a key interest uh, and a stake in the lighting design industry. Um, and I think that communication about where we're going and how we can disseminate that to everybody, I think that's one of the key of our platform. I think that's a, a, a very good insight. And I will add to that, that in our work that we've done with lighting design for our autonomous lighting systems, mm. uh, virtual lighting design has been a key part. Mm. So when we take a look at what people are doing for the virtual reality mm. space mm. and for gaming, mm. lighting is a huge factor Absolutely. in yeah. terms of how people design lighting. And what mm. we found is that in designing the lighting systems for our research, mm. that existing tools like Radiance mm. and plugins to uh, uh, things like Honeybee mm. uh, or some of the other lighting measurement tool, yeah. uh, measurement software uh, and lighting control software, they're not really up to the challenge. They need to continue to evolve. And I think that in the future, almost all lighting design will be virtual. Yeah. We haven't, we haven't spoken about the metaverse even because no. that's, that's you know when we talk about digital digital twins and what have you. Now, if you talk to some people in the early days of uh, virtual reality mm. and virtual lighting design, yeah. they said that the, um, the virtual lighting visualization tools just aren't up to the the lighting quality, the color rendering capability that you can get in the actual environment with actual lighting systems. If I've just got a little uh, virtual reality headset with an RGB projector, mm. I can't realize the full scope of spectral power distributions uh, yeah, yeah. that people expect to see in lighting. Yeah. But that's changing. Yeah. Uh, and that's going to be changing with much more powerful, Absolutely. much wider gamut display technologies uh, in the actual headsets. Mm. So, yes, our VR headsets and mm. virtual lighting design tools good enough to give you a true lighting design experience? Yeah. Not yet. Not yet. But, but that technology is coming. It. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure. Now, the IS has put together a really nice program with very, with quite a lot of uh, speakers. Is there any topic that you have seen from the program that speaks to you and say, oh, that's really something that I think um, is, will be very important for the future? Um, I think that the continued work on the built environment and mm. its tied, ties into lighting mm. is going to be most important because lighting by itself has to be integrated to the architectural design community. Um, some people say full stop. Mm. Yeah. If lighting design cannot be incorporated into the built environment design and architectural design more holistically, we're not going to see very much progress. Mm. Right now, in my opinion, you have lighting control systems and you have building control systems. Mm. They don't really communicate that well together. Mm. They're not really aware of each other. And even in building control systems, mm. there's this whole problem of, of what we call interoperability. Yeah. Uh, I can't get a, a Phillips controller to talk to a it's acuity all controller. Silos it's all vertical yeah. silos. Yeah. Yeah. And we're going to have to break down those silos, and they're going to have to be broken down at the building's systems level. Absolutely. And even in building controls, you know, I, I might have a back net, but uh, a humidity sensor or another controller may not talk to another controller. So right now, what's this led to is a whole series of what I call 
boutique smart building companies. Mm -hmm. These boutique smart building companies say, okay, I've got a client that want a smart building where I can visualize mm. all my building energy use and all my occupancy, and I want to do it to make intelligent decisions. And so they, they handpick mm. various suppliers that play nice in the sandbox together, and then they write custom software around them to develop to the real estate developer or the building owner a bespoke system for their building that has a dashboard so the building engineer can say, I'm saving so many... Uh, I'm reducing so many tons of carbon mm. dioxide emission uh, through the operation of my buildings by knowing where people are. Mm. And I can see my energy dashboard giving me real building energy savings. And it's because of my lighting sensing system. We're gradually evolving in that direction, but this is just a temporary patchwork, if you will, yes. to build <clears throat> systems for building owners that really don't know how to build smart buildings. And lighting will become a subsystem of a smart building. It definitely will. Now, finally, um, I like to, to round up the, the interview with, with a question. You've been around for a long time. So I wonder... What, my gray hair? <laughs> what I wonder is, what drives Robert to get out of bed every day? What's your passion? What, what makes you get up and, and do what you're doing every day? Well, it's changed over time, and I would have to say that what really drives me right now mm. is how we can take a look at uh, allowing technology to drive more equitable mm. access mm. to high-quality lighting, uh, to advanced systems that are available and of a sufficient cost mm. point to be available to much wider populations of people uh, and much larger economic demographics. How, how do we do that? So not only the rich and famous benefit from all these great systems, but how can we cost reduce smart to the point that it's available for everybody? Kind of like the smartphone is available for everybody right now, almost independent of socioeconomic uh, classification. We want to be able to drive that technology so it benefits everybody uh, as equally as possible throughout urban environments and rural environments. How do we do that? It's going to take more technology to make it smarter and cheaper. So we're still working on that. Great insights. Robert Karlicek, thank you so much for this interview. Thank, thank you, you. Much, sir. Appreciate it. That brings us to the end of this episode with Professor Robert Karlasek, and we hope you enjoyed this insightful interview. Remember, the interview is also available on our YouTube channel for those who prefer a visual experience. Make sure to subscribe to stay up to date with all our latest interviews and discussions with industry experts. If you have any questions, comments or suggestions for future episodes, please feel free to reach out to us through our website or social media platforms. We love hearing from our community and strive to deliver content that is both informative and engaging. Stay tuned for more exciting episodes coming your way where we continue to explore the world of lighting design. Thank you for tuning in.